so my response was, uh, I could be funny. Can I be a member of, you know, the society? Yeah. What'd they say? Well, they said yes, but it's the historical society, not the hysterical uh, society. Uh, so I got a little. <laughs> and then they, they did. They laughed at me, but I don't think it was in a good way. Well, I think it's hysterical. Yeah. Good uh, for you. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, wait, oh, wait, we're rolling. All right, let's roll. I'm Rich. And I'm Mark. And we are Two, two guys, guys on Block Island. All right, listeners, welcome back to another episode. Today, we have, um, you know, I, Rich, I don't think we're ever used to being the smartest guys in the room by any means, but today, I feel like we're really outclassed. As a team. Yeah, as a, like the two Combined. of us put together don't yeah. even, mm-hmm. yeah, we're like... Well, don't make him nervous. No, I don't think know. anything makes this guy nervous, because he's super smooth, too. He's, he's pretty very cool, cool, dude. You yeah, know what I mean? I think we've said yeah. that before we have. on this podcast. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Anyway, the suspense is building, the tension is mounting. You guys want to know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about our good fr- friend, Ben Hruska. Yeah. Who is the collections administrator for the historical society. Right. Not the hysterical society. Not hysterical. Historical. And he's right here with us. How are you, Ben? Great. Thanks, guys. Cool. (laughs) Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you for having me. No, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for taking time. You know, it's always, we always really enjoy it too when when people roll in with with visual presentations and things, even though it's a podcast because we'll put some pictures up later. But uh, yeah, Ben, you rolled in deep today. Yes. You got stuff for us. We got some, I've been... Um, celebrating uh, a grant that we got, a $60,000 grant from the Annenberg um, uh, Foundation. So wow. it's a humanities grant. And for about eight days, I've just kind of been combing through our collection of things. And uh, I found quite a few things that I think uh, might be surprising to you. And, and maybe even Dr. Westchesterson might be like, oh, it's pretty cool. I'll yeah. let him know. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you for thinking of him. <laughs> um, before we dive into the history stuff, which we're fascinated oh, yeah. with, right? I mean, I think the usual question we always ask our guests is... Um, you know, number one, when did you first come to Block Island? How did you hear about it? Have you always been here? And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your your history with your history with the island. Sure. Well, I was born in uh, 1976, uh, but my mom came out in the summer of 1970. Um, she was a teacher or excuse me, a college student at the University of Minnesota. And she got a book called Jobs in Paradise. Um, and there's different chapters in that book. Uh, and there was a chapter on islands. And in that book, there was a place called Ballard's. So her and a friend applied, <laughs> That's awesome. sent, uh, you know, kind of increased their uh, resume experience a little bit with restaurants and hotels. And uh, Paul Filippi Sr. hired him. Okay. Um, and she came out in the summer of 1970. They flew out, uh, never been to the East Coast before. They had their beaded evening bags uh, when they got to Providence and got on the ferry, expecting like this is going to be very fancy. Uh, and then got here and it was drizzly and in June in 1970 and... They thought we're getting we're gonna get out of here. We'll just work one paycheck and then because we don't want to call home and beg for money. What a phenomenal advertising ploy, though. Huh? That's that's almost better than breakfast <laughs> right. is the most important yeah. meal of the day. Like, <laughs> or a diamond is forever. It's kind of along those lines. So she said two weeks later they were having the time of their lives. She met Carrie Todd. It was Carrie Todd's first summer oh. from Ohio. Oh, but wow. it sounded like Paul Filippi Senior liked to hire people from the Midwest because. Um, they worked hard and then they couldn't miss their boyfriend or girlfriend and go back to Hartford in the middle of July. Right. You're kind of committed. You know, yep. so. Wow. Very smart. Yeah. Very smart. So she did about four summers and one winter. Um, and then I came out in 1982. It was my first summer. 1982. So, uh, How old were you back in 90? If you don't uh, mind About seven asking. years old. Seven years and, old. And um, I think we were on the Quonset. So it's kind of funny when I've been talking to Joe Hulan thinking I might've been on the ferry with him, you know? 
Yeah. 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 It's probable. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of old guy. Buster was one of the guy engineers. A whole bunch of the, yeah. the, the you know, that, that gang from that time. And so it was just summers at for- 82, 84, some summers. And then um, came out. Basically, my first summer uh, was 2000 at Dead Eye Dicks. Okay. So waited tales from 2000 uh, to 2005 there. Uh, started at the Historical Society for some summers in 2003, 2004. Uh, helped Kimberly a little bit. I was the administrator of the uh, Historical Society from the winters of 06, 07, 08. Uh, then I went to Arizona State and worked on my PhD. Yeah. Um, and then last summer uh, came out and was able to spend a summer out here too. So That's great. Where yeah. do you stay when you're out here? Um, Carrie Todd's house right now. Oh, cool. Um, and then uh, my sister who is very good at investigating, found found some uh, housing up on Pilot Hills. So. Wow, she must be really good. <laughs> it's great. It's great. <laughs> they, <laughs> Yesterday, you know, last summer I was up there and it was like, oh, there's there's no noise and there's ESPN. Like, hey, I get used to this, you know? This Dude, is, you know, as opposed you know, to... Don't, don't divulge too much about the yeah. specific yeah, location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. Keep it vague. Nah, keep is, it vague. Because, I mean, I've lived above Dead Eye Dicks, which you can imagine the shenanigans. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, uh, yeah. And I've lived above um, the Historical Society, which is very, very quiet inside, but all kinds of shenanigans going on. You are literally in the, in the smack and dab in the middle of the tri-bar area. Really? You know, who's playing it next? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I guess the blushing brides are in town. Yeah. Trying to get a little nap in here. (laughs) (laughs) Who did you, so when you were working at at dead eyes, like who was your crew that you were hanging out with? Who would you, who were you working with? Uh, Uh, Steve Smith ran it. Oh yeah. Um, Cause his son's here. His son works here at captain Nick's. Can can I tell a story about Owen? Please. We'd love Um, that. I remember his mom put him on the bar. He was in diapers and he was just shaking his, putting his fist in the air going, yay. And they say, Owen, tell him why you're celebrated. I went pee by myself. Ah, <laughs> so then I saw him behind a bar and I'm going, man, I'm getting long in a tooth. Guess what? <laughs> did he, he do did, the same thing? He did the same thing at the end of his shift. It's, it's really. Only he had a martini shaker in each hand as he's shaking yeah. his hands around. Yeah. yeah. Owen's a special one. We love Owen to death. You know, I co- like randomly walked walking on the beach the other day came up on owen and he's just sitting there by himself building a sandcastle like completely yeah. by himself you know he's a good, good dude uh anyway we're not here to talk about it. we're here to talk history and ben and all that so um who else did you work with at dead eyes uh juan fees uh okay. jenny o yeah did you work um, with like rob rustico was rob there or? briefly he would kind of do some honeymoon okay there. Yeah, yeah he cool. did some summers in the 90s so i remember that that was a fun crew but it was john kadama you know so right. there's a lot of folks connected to uh What's this? What, Steak Loft, yeah. Mystic. Yeah. yeah. So I heard some great stories about Studio 54. Yes. As soon as I saw Kadama, <laughs> yes. I pulled him aside saying, you don't know me, but I'm kind of interested in history. I heard you were at Studio Did he 54. give you anything? He did. Was, he did? He did. Okay, we'll talk after that. Because yeah. you know my wife, Katie, was yeah. a bartender at the Steak Loft. Did you know? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. That's, yes. So Because oh, yeah. I met her from, I met her at Dead Eyes probably 04 or 05. Right. Yeah. So she was helping John out with some shifts there, but she initially started at the Steak Loft. Nice. Lots of stories. We got some from the old time servers and waitress anyway we'll, we'll steak loft is a whole different thing i bartended a few times at dead eyes and it was fun lou gaffett would come in oh yeah and i'd pick his brain wow he had some stories i bet yeah so we, we definitely get some lou gaffett talk on this podcast lots sure. of lou I, gaffett talk. I, I my idea is if we can make it happen is i want to pick the few certain people and do a lou gaffett episode yeah. you know even though we can't have him but i think i think we could have enough between family and friends for yeah, sure. i think so i'm working yeah. on a book on the history of conservation right now on block island and uh his interview's been fantastic uh it's on the uh, historical society website so they interviewed him probably 2000 2001 now but, i've heard rumor that he did he start a tape collection a, a oral history have you heard about this that's going around it's at the library i think oh is it yeah the, the actual recordings of people yes were... i think so oh. i think you can I, I believe there's a few people in there 
Okay. Um, I, Edie might have been in there. I don't want to go off and, you know, on but, I, but I, the, I think that's where they are. So Do you they, know about these? Thank you for pointing that out. I was on. I'll go Whoa. Wait a minute. Did well, we just... Oh. Well, well. <laughs> How quickly the tables have turned. If that mic wasn't just, in a stand, Mark would drop it. Would, and just walk out the door. This uh-huh. interview is over. <laughs> we stumped him. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Anyway, uh, well, right. obviously you know a lot more than, than I do. So any, any other cool things like about your, you know, up your your days coming up here on the island that you want uh, to share? My dad, or? my dad was a big fav- favorite of uh, Paul Senior, okay. uh, Paul Filippi Senior. Yeah. Um, when they got married in 1975, my dad had never seen the ocean. They got married in Minnesota. My dad grew up on a farm and a ranch in South Dakota, and he thought, "Well, let's just get this Block Island damn thing out of the way. You know, we'll, we'll go there once, <laughs> go and check it out, and then back to the fine, farm. fine. Never fine. have to go yeah, back. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, he came up with a bullpecker cane. Um, uh, so, sorry. Think I've seen one of those. Go ahead. What's that again? Uh, a bull pecker cane. So it's a huh. penis uh, of a bull. Okay. Cow. Well, that is. That's what I was cut off, and then it's mm-hmm. stretched, and then it's lacquered mm. to into a cane. Okay. Uh, my dad heard that Paul Senior they wanted him to use a cane, and he didn't want to use it because he thought maybe it made him look old or something. Yeah. So um, as soon as he got this bull pecker cane, he loved it. Oh. And he and he so he's always a friend of my dad. Did your dad your dad gave him the cane? My dad gave him the cane, and then you know we come out in the eighties and nineties. Did your 90s. dad manuf- Did he make the cane? No, no, he didn't. Okay. Have he just I can't even slow my brain down with all the jokes. There's I There's a lot. I know. There's <laughs> so much material. I don't even know where you get a bullpeck. I mean, I have they, an idea. Just how do you harvest them? them? My dog eats them. That's what a lot of dog treats are now. They're really? called, my, they're called my, bullies. Yeah. As my dad yeah. says, you can't. You, you know, you just can't walk in and buy one of these. You got to know somebody. So. Yeah. You got to know someone. But like in the 90s, we'd come out and we'd meet uh, the boys, you know, Blake, Stephen, and Paul. And his dad would wave them over saying, oh, you introduce them. They'd always, you know, shake their hand and say, oh, this is the guy that gave me the cane. Oh, and then they were excited to meet him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder which one of the boys has that in their collections now. I'm, uh, uh, hopefully it's been I think my dad gave one. Down. My dad gave a second one to Stephen when he had his first child. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Oh, that's because cool. my dad gave um, uh, Paul the first one when um, Paul was born. Because so Paul Filippi Jr. who we know as Paul is like just a year older than me. Okay. I don't know why, but I want one now. I gotta find yeah. out how to do that, how to get that. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll talk after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I know a guy in Kansas if you need one. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of bull penises in Kansas. I, I love that there's not even a euphemism for the type of cane, like you know, uh, some blah 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 cane. It's just a bullpecker cane. Yeah, and that's what it's bullpecker. <laughs> yeah, it's what's what's it, what's it made out of? <laughs> who's buried? Who's buried in Grant's tomb? <laughs> yeah. By the way, do you know the answer to that one? I've always been uh, your history guy. It could be Grant or it could be no one because he's um, you're not buried in a tomb. Oh. Oh, so you're like you're you're, you're, right. you're, you're, you're technically you're above in, ground, interred. Oh. You're not below ground, right. so technically it could be Grant or it could I be. I love little trivia's. See, now we're getting into semantics. Graveyard versus cemetery. You know the difference? I don't. The graveyard is attached to a church. That's Ooh, what I learned. Really? Yeah. So a cemetery is a freestanding burial ground, but if the burial ground is in the yard, it's called a graveyard because the graves are right in the yard of the church. Oh. I'm all learning. Right. I'm learning all kinds of stuff. Like Moving we're just, on. We're just trying to impress you now, Ben. We're like really mining the depths of like. I stayed up all night reading any stupid trivia. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Book of stupid trivia. Yeah, yeah. You're like maybe we can fake him, fake him out. Maybe he, he's he's like, laughing, but he's yeah. really like like that. What does that help me at all? Ben's, <laughs> Ben's looking at his watch. Like I knew this yeah, is a bad yeah, idea. Yeah. Keyword useless trivia. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, <laughs> when so have you always been interested in history like from day one Definitely. like how did that go down i think one of my first memories on block island was the summer of 80 
two, I just remember being outside the Nationals, six, you know, six, seven years old, and there was a Revolutionary War group with a cannon um, dressed up as Revolutionary War, and they were shooting it toward New Harbor. And I just remember six, seven years old just being drawn to stuff like that. You just thought it was cool. Yeah. And so your first foray into history, as you take us through your progression as a kid, what? So obviously, Revolutionary War, yeah. you Civil War. Um, War actually, II, I'm from Dodge it. City, so I can figuratively and literally say I got the hell out of Dodge. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so my first job was uh, at a gunfighter um, at the Boot Hill Museum uh, in Dodge City. Oh, so you um, did the re- oh yeah. the role That's playing? Cool. Yep. Yeah. I also would uh, drive the stagecoach. Um, and this is during the summer. Yes. This is back when LARPing was cool. Right. <laughs> no, no, I think this is pre-LARP. This is, this is pre- Because they didn't even call LARPing. it LARPing. No, yet. they didn't you know, know what that was. So, yeah, you know, we dress up in gunfights. Uh, my dad would be the good guy. I'd typically be the bad guy. My dad was the, the sheriff. Uh, my sisters were can-can girls, Katie and Megan. Oh, God. So it's kind of a family affair. So, wow. um But no, I was just impressed because I'd have, I met people from all over the world, South Africa, England, who were coming to my little town of Dodge City going, you could go anywhere in the United States. Why the hell are you coming here? And I just realized the power of the word Dodd City. And, yeah. um, you know, whether it was gun smoke, whether it was something that didn't actually happen, like Miss Kitty and Matt Dillon, um, or Wyatt Earp, who was real. Yeah. Um, yeah it was just fun to, to meet people yeah. in, in the power of history. You know, the amazing thing about Matt Dillon to me is that he survived long enough to become the movie star that he did, you know, <laughs> and do all those great 80s movies. And he looked great. Like, he didn't look, you wouldn't think he was like 150 years old or whatever. James Arness. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Cool. So his, that, I love history. I don't know. Are you a history guy? So, my dad, I, I am by default, by osmosis. My dad was a huge history buff, Gettysburg mostly. Yep. Civil War, World War II were his two big things. And, you know, when other kids were going to Six Flags, I, I was on my fourth trip to Gettysburg over nice. the summer. Yeah. I mean, in retrospect, yes. Yeah. Um, I didn't quite go down the rabbit hole, like, you know. The, I'll be honest with you, the Civil War has always kind of intimidated me because I'm afraid if I start reading two or three books on it, it's like, okay, that's it. You're like, a, you're like, you're sucked in. You're like yeah. a drug addict that like knows to stay <laughs> yeah. away from heroin. You're like, well, I'll, this do, the first th- I'll first... do blow, I'll smoke some weed, but I'm not touching that stuff because I know myself. I mean, this is the first time I've ever been upstairs at Captain X. So really, you know, I, this is like the inner sanctum of cool. This is like the realm <laughs> of really? Hunter S. Thompson and Jessica Willie and Adrian Mitchell. This is, so I'm pretty excited <laughs> to be here. Well, listen, man, if, if, uh, you know, passing out on the floor, <laughs> Or, you know, shitting yourself is cool, then call me Miles Davis. Then you can be in a band at Nick's. Yes, right. That's pretty much all it takes. Um, so, yeah. You did a, a little, we, did you do, uh, before we get too far again, I, uh, did you do a little teaching out here? Was it just substitute I teaching? Did, yep. Not just. That's a hard, difficult more difficult, I think, in some ways. But yeah, the winners of uh, 05, 06, 07, I was out here. Um, I was the administrator of the museum. Um, so, yes, I also worked at the Block Island School, which is pretty cool. And, um, you know, I saw Elizabeth Dickens' bird collection. And, and um, you know, I could just see what kid was being a pain in the butt and going, oh, I've done that kid's genealogy. <laughs> <laughs> that might explain some behavior. <laughs> I, will oh. not, I will not go through the name. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. More, and, more of a family shrub than a, <laughs> than a tree. I could just see a kid going. Um, Mr. Ruska, this is a math <laughs> because he, no matter what, you just go into like a historical. Oh, I'm rant. always doing history. My favorite yeah, thing to do gym class. He's teaching <laughs> yep. subbing for PE. Yeah, He's got the kids like, on the bleachers. So, does anyone know what this hat resembles? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were playing pickleball. Not today, kids. Not today. <laughs> 
This is the Battle of the Confederacy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Here's the costumes. We're gonna reenact Gettysburg yeah. out on the <laughs> soccer field. You know. You know. <laughs> like dodgeball, except yeah. it's like cannons. You can't give kids guns. It's okay. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yes. You know, I'm everything's good. Those bayonets are not sharp. No, I've know? been larping for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> oh my god we could just go tan- this the tangents we, we can, are just like you know, the, the options are amazing today we we will weave through a channel but we try to stay somewhere in the channel yeah. that's what we yeah you know. so we all right so then uh so you get into uh i mean god i forget where we left well he, is, i was no asking continuing. quick before we moved on yeah. about the teaching part but um yeah so you got to know some of the kids firsthand and then i mean i don't know how soon you want to go into what you're doing now but so during those years what was like what what did you do there? Like, what, what, what was your fun stuff? You know, like, what did you, were you able to accomplish or did you, yeah. you know? Probably the proudest thing was um, bringing the USS Block Island guys out. So, you know, when I was combing through the archives upstairs at the Historical Society, I was finding random boxes from, you know, Texas and Tennessee and Kentucky. And it wasn't Block Island stuff, as you think of the farming and fishing history here. It was just this random World War II memorabilia, um, like that plane there. Um, and then when I put all the objects together, the collection together, I go, oh, there was a ship called Block Island. Have you guys heard of this thing called Google? Um, I'm f- kind, of, kind of familiar. I feel like you're kind of like a talking Google right now. So mm-hmm. in 2005, yeah. I Googled USS Block Island and found um, that there were two ships. They both served in World War II um, and that there were a veterans group that were getting together every May to celebrate the, the loss of their first ship. So in 2005, I went to Branson, Missouri and did some interviews with guys that served on a ship. 2006, went to San Antonio, did some more interviews. And I basically said, guys, you're getting together anyway, physically. Why don't can you come to Block Island? Um, it seems like a no brainer. Yeah. But I mean, logistically, it was a little tough because we had a lot of guys in wheelchairs, ah, but right. we able to do it in Warwick, Providence. And then we did a day trip uh, out to Block Island. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Uh, 2000, 2007. So it's hard to believe that's 15 years ago. Wow. And how does it? How did they come to name it after? Like, I don't even know. How do they choose the names? Yeah, like, these, I mean, I get the president, yeah. you know, the, the USS JFK or Yeah, whatever. the new ones typically are politicians um, or presidents. These, um, uh, the small ones, the Jeep carriers, they call them, are, uh, are typically named after bodies of water. So, um, you know, there, there's the Bismarck Sea. There's the Block Islands. I think technically it's probably Block Island Sound. Okay. Um, cruisers were named after cities, uh, USS Tulsa. States yep. were battleships. Um, and then the large CVs, the, 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 you know, the, what Charlton Heston and John Wayne are flying off of in the movies. Those are named after a lot of more battlefields in the revolution. So the Lexington, the Yorktown. So a lot of the guys I interviewed were talking about, you know, carriers in World War II get a lot of attention in the movies, but it's not these small ones that are out looking for U-boats. Yeah. Um, it's the big ones that, you know, um, that people remember. So, right. Where, wow. where, did, the, where did you learn from them that the, that the, Block Island served mostly, was it? They had a great uh, website. And uh, yeah, it, um, you know, I got my book, um, which uh, just came out in paperback. I'm very excited about that. I have a copy for both of you. I'll oh, thank you. Oh, I'll nice. get that to you later. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of started me chipping away and investigating uh, the ships. Uh, went to DC and did some research, but I'm really glad I did the oral interviews when I did uh, in 05, 06, because, you know, those World War II vets were in their 80s and 90s. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I knew I could always go to DC and, and find what they had. Right. Um, so I did about 25 uh, oral histories. Um, so the first ship um, served in the Atlantic looking for a hunter. Uh, they called them hunter killer missions. So they were going out um, looking for German U-boats. Um, so uh, the, the carrier would have maybe two to three other destroyer escorts um, and they would uh, drop so, so sano buoys, uh, buoys and then um, have planes up listening uh, to those. 
uh, and then it could maybe triangulate where a submarine was, um, and then it could attack it. So they successfully uh, destroyed U-boats. So I'm assuming, God, I don't want to down the rabbit hole here, but so I'm assuming those sonar buoys, the the area where the reception was interrupted was something was blocking the sonar from the way it was, should be pinging, and that's yeah. how they knew generally where there might be well a that's submarine. what's great about block island is that uh, i was waiting tables at dead eye dicks telling somebody about this project he goes oh i got a guy who who's from new london who worked for underwater sound in world war ii and he's got this memoir of all this stuff that he did that's pretty hush hush but he goes it's in the nursing home over there so i call the nursing home i go listen can i have this guy's memoir uh and they're like yeah we'll send it to you so he was on the USS Block Island twice because it's pretty, <laughs> but it's pretty cool because, you know, in the Navy during World War II, it's my understanding that um, you were not allowed to keep a journal, you know, so I really couldn't ask a guy, hey, on Tuesday, July 5th, you know, 1943, where were you? I mean, because they were not allowed to write anything. Understandable. Down. This guy was a civilian dressed up as an officer on the ship. So he was going to Antarctica. He was going to Newfoundland. He was on the USS Block Island. This guy is all over the place. Um, so that was a huge, uh, uh jackpot. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, I'm waiting tables of data decks. The guy says, oh man, you got, you got to have this, you got to see this book. And this whole thing stems from opening a few boxes you found. Yeah. In the that's all. That's Isn't that awesome. incredible? Yeah. But he, he went into detail of, you know, he talked about, he was a civilian. He'd go up in the plane and they would just drop, uh, basically roughly the size of a, uh, bag of golf balls or like the cl- bag of golf clubs. And it would hit the ground. This is before the microchip. You know, so then you said you could hear, you know, the the mic going through the air, and then the splash, and then it would lower, you know, it would lower uh, uh, the antenna or not antenna, but the mic down. Yeah. And then it would secrete a different type of dye. So you could lay them out like in a pattern of five and you could say, OK, I'm listening to the yellow one. I'm listening to the green one. I'm listening to the purple one as they're circling and they could slowly triangulate and figure out where it's at. That's insane. It's That's, like it, it's like Inspector Gadget kind of crap they had back then, but yeah, it's like that yeah. was like like the cutting edge technology. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, like someone thought of, and it's all analog. There's no digital. It's all like you got to you know radio waves. A lot and, of it's navigation. I mean, I talk to the pilots and be like, okay, you take. Let me get this straight. You take off from the ship. There's no GPS. You're looking for U-boats. You're not looking for where the ship was. You're looking for where the ship is four or five hours later. Right. With, you know, and if it goes, if it gets foggy, I mean, you just figure it out. You know, I'm like white knuckling in, in yeah. these interviews, white knuckling going, holy cow. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. thank God there's beer over here. You I'm know? white knuckling <laughs> it flying from Westerly to Block Island. On a clear day. Like, yeah, on a clear day. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. I, I just hope that the dye was 100% organic. Yes, me too. And <laughs> no dolphins were harmed. Yes. In the, in the killing of these U-boats. Like to write a strongly worded letter. <laughs> So, yeah, the first block island uh, was sunk, uh, took three German torpedoes off the coast of Africa, and that was the only American aircraft, uh, aircraft carrier lost in World War II in the Atlantic. We've lost quite a few in the Pacific. Um, so then they commissioned a second USS Block Island, and that one served in uh, the Pacific Theater. You would think that, like, after one ship gets sank, sank or sunk, sunk, whatever, uh, you, they might change the name. They might not use the name again. <laughs> yeah. Is that just me? Like, if this one, if like the USS, let's just say Nantucket, because, yeah. you know, Nantucket, let's say that thing got sunk, like, it was sunk like eight times. You think maybe that by the ninth time, they'd be like, maybe we shouldn't use the name Nantucket again. Yeah. But you know, it, what'd you not. get, Larry? I got the Block Island. Everyone's like, <laughs> oh, have a good one. <laughs> one. It's funny you mentioned that because one of the guys that came out for their union in 2007 um, was on, uh, he survived the Lexington, which sank in the Pacific. 
Then he got transferred to the, the Atlantic going, well, great. Nothing's happening out there. Gets transferred to the one aircraft carrier that gets sunk in the Atlantic. Um, he's here and he's shaking his head going, these poor bastards getting on the ferry with us. And I go, what's going on? What's wrong? And I thought we had a good day. He goes, no, they don't know that every ship I get on sinks. <laughs> <laughs> and wait, you're getting on the ship with him though? No, no, I'm, I'm waving goodbye. Oh, okay. He was getting on the boat. But he's going, these poor bastards these as they're walking they, on there. You know? They'd have no idea about my track record. <laughs> every oh ship I get on gets torpedoed. Oh man. Um, oh. Did you uh, sidebar here tangent? Did I ever talk to any? And it's well documented, so maybe it's not that interesting. But uh, ever talked to anybody that was on the Indianapolis? I have not. Okay, no. all right. But yeah, that's that's a fantastic story too. I mean, it's something, right? Yeah. Obviously, made famous in Jaws, you know. Yeah. But, wow. What about the uh, the U boat that was sunk here off Block Island? What ship sank that? Do you know that? That was, I believe, the last submarine sunk. In World War II. That's what um, I heard. Um, so, yeah, I think apparently... Uh, rumor from, rumor has it they may not have even known that... I think it happened after... Yeah, it was, surrender. Yeah, but they So they, they don't know, know. Yeah, whether the, the captain was just a rogue Nazi saying we're going to take anyway. one for the team yeah. or... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, May it would have been I think May sixth or seventh, nineteen forty five. I could believe. I mean, communication back then was you know. Oh, now yeah. we watch wars live. You yeah. know, yeah. but back then you you know somebody said to me, um, I don't want to say the name in case I say this wrong, but he said you know there was people on the East Coast didn't hear about Pearl Harbor till the next day because oh, you know oh, newspaper yeah. had to come out you know and Telewire and then it got printed yeah. up and then it got distributed. But yeah. you know you would yeah. you'd have a video of that on YouTube now and. Yeah, you minutes, know, seconds. Yeah, yeah, seconds minutes, yeah. or minutes, you know. Yeah. So that's. Uh, but you know, it's it's an interesting rabbit hole. You know, I did sixteen years of research. Not cons- you're not right in a row, obviously, but um, a lot of research. And but I keep learning because uh, last summer I had this model, which we'll throw up on um, your social media. Yeah, I took a couple of pictures of um, this plane, and uh, you know, I'm selling copies of my book, Valor and Courage, last summer, and I'm looking at that tail marking, going, I, what does that mean? Like, I never figured it out. Can you guys see that? Yeah, I can yeah, see there's a, a so, large eye over a small M. A white block, block I. It's a block letter Wait. I, block island. So it's a it block came I. from the, it's a, that, this was a model of the plane off of the block this, island. Off the second ship. So the second ship had oh. Marines. So, you know, you're in formation with five, six, seven different aircraft carrier squadrons. You know, right, you, you, right. you kind of have to know, okay, where am I supposed to be? So you could, you know, distinctly see that out your window going, okay, that's my, that's my crew, you know? Really? That's, so the M is for Marines. Yeah. So the block, the square is, is the block, block. And then the I. I is for Island. And then the M means the Marine plane. Yep. That's oh. crazy. That make a cool t-shirt. I got to ask my dad. He was stationed on an aircraft carrier. I wonder. Really? He, yeah, he's told me a few stories. You know, he said, he said at night, you'd really want to be careful about going near the edge. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, I uh, bet. You know, Do you, I mean, how about all those old films from World War II? I mean, you know, aircraft carriers, sure, obviously a dangerous thing, right? You're trying to land a freaking plane on a boat, right? But like back it's a then, ship, Mark. It's a ship. Whatever. <laughs> there were like all the, did you see the films of the crashes back then? Yeah. Like they, they, they were all the time. They were just falling off the edge. And, well, you, somebody shot your wheels off. You're trying to still. Yeah. You you're, know. St- you're still going to try and land that thing. Yeah. Or they would ditch. Knowing yeah. they couldn't and it just gets close out of the, to the water. Boat. Yeah, I watched some documentaries. It's pretty cool stuff. It's one guy terrifying. Inter- one guy interviewed in Phoenix was a LSO. He was a landing single officer, so he flew this Corsair. Actually, he was worried he was going to miss the war. He so must be tiny. 
<laughs> no, I know what you're saying. Joe Zook was worried he was going to miss the war, so um, he knew to, he knew they needed uh, LSOs. But great drinking stories of getting drunk in Pearl Harbor and stealing a fire truck, and you know they let him go because you know he's a soldier, a sailor, a marine, and um, but no, he talked about you know he was directing these planes to land at night, and I'm just like, uh, how are you uh, doing this? I mean, just the thought of being on a ship going backwards 20 miles an hour makes me nauseous. Yeah. And then the idea that a plane, you know, a plane's coming at me at 150 knots. And you're basically and, holding two sticks going like, please you're hit res- me. Yeah, hit you're me. responsible for him. Re- wow. And I put this in my book. He talked about how um, like 1970, 1971, he's walking through the Cleveland airport well after the war, obviously. And he sees this guy that he remembered from a squadron. And he says, um, you know, we talked about the war and such, but he goes, he did not talk about this one particular landing he'd had. And he goes, I had to wave him off a couple of times. And he goes, he didn't bring it up. And I go, Mr. Zook, what do you think that means? He goes, I don't think he remembers it. Yeah, you know, it was the so stressful. Was pumping so hard. Because yeah. yeah. I honestly don't yeah. think the guy remembered it. And I talked to other guys who, you know, for instance, survived the sinking of the first ship. And they said, I was in the water two and a half hours. And Oof. I remember going in the water and I remember coming out of the water. Yeah, yeah. I so, can see that your mind has to go somewhere else to yeah to self with self preservation. You yeah. know, for your- but luckily there's about a thousand guys under the water, about nine hundred and fifty. Only ten died, amazingly enough. But a lot wow. of them were swimming through a massive amount of fuel oil, which uh, thank God never alighted. Yeah, but yeah, if it would have, yeah, it would have been a much much higher death rate. So uh, you know, the, out here on Block Island, the we once every year or two a plane goes through that fence at the end. Yeah. Luckily, it's usually not tragic. It usually ends up with a plane on the road, and we. Everybody's okay most of the time. I wondered why they haven't replaced that section of fence with one of those nets that they have on the aircraft carrier. You know, like, they, like they have those catch yeah. nets, like yeah. when you know yeah. the plane's got no wheels or something. They yeah. get out the nets and yeah. they, you know, or a big, you know, I yeah, think like one be, of those, like if you ever yeah. see like a golf driving range next to a highway. Yes. Yeah, like one like of those. Like that's things. what I think. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that tall, no. you know, because if you make it over the fence, you're probably going back up and you're okay. Right. But it's just. You know, when you just yeah, catch just the fence, catch like, I, I keep saying, why replace it with steel? It should be rubber. You mm-hmm. know, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I guess that's why I'm not in charge of the airport. <laughs> I don't know. Ah. Um, so World War II is obviously a great passion. Is that, would you say World War II is your number one? Right like, now, uh, it, for sure. Yeah. And then, but, um, you and know, you go through phases where you're like, ah, oh, I'm into World War II right now. I'm going to get it. I'm into this. I'm into that. Well, my dissertation at Arizona State, you know, I, I was working with a professor and he's going, Ben, you, you've got these collections. You got this USS Block Island thing. He goes, I would run with that for your dissertation. Um, so, you know, I really looked at the historiography, basically looking at, okay, if you're only learning World War II from movies, you know, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, yeah. you would think that none of these small carriers exist yeah. because it's just the big ones, right. you know? Um, and um, so, yeah, looked at that. And then popular memory, there's a lot of it in the 1970s. The 1970s seems to be a big uh, decade of nostalgia. I mean, you're coming out of the 60s, you're coming out of Watergate, you're coming out of Vietnam, you're yeah. coming out of the social strife of the 60s. So, you know, a lot of people are looking back um, at a time when things were peaceful. So, you know, you got movies like Tora, Tora, Tora coming out. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Wow. That's great. And then um, what's what are you working on now? Yeah. As far? Yeah. Let's get to uh, how uh, what's um, actually. Yeah. Let's take a break and talk to some sponsors. All right. Yeah. That? We're going to take we'll be right back with you, Ben, in one minute. We're just going to make some a little bit of money. We're going to make that money, bro. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> be right back. Cooler. Check. Ice. Check. Drinks. Check. That's everything. 
All right, let's head down to Fishworks. All right, I'm excited for this trip. I am too. And I, you know what's cool about Fishworks is, I mean, hey, today we're going to go out and try and catch some uh, striped bass, right? But you can get bluefish, fluke, sea bass, bonito, whatever's in season. Yeah, you can book a light tackle or fly fishing morning charter with Captain Chris for up to three people. Right. Oh, wait a minute. I invited some friends, so we might have to go out on the Harley with Captain Hank because uh, they do half trips and full day trips for up to six people. Oh, and Captain Hank is a hoot. And, of course, the shop, you know, the Fishworks Tackle Shop, they have everything you need, including pointers. If you don't want to go on a charter, they can sell you what you need, tell you where to go and how to do it. Yeah, totally. I think I might pick up uh, a hat and a T-shirt, too, because their merchandise is so on point. Yeah, good-looking stuff. They're located at 40 Ocean Avenue, and they're open every day in season and great merchandise. They really do have some cool stuff. And uh, if you want to check it out online, you can purchase all year long at www.bifishworks.com. All right. How cool is that? Ah, I love it. All right. Let's go catch some fish. Hey, Rich, do these bell bottoms make me look fat? Bell bottom? Oh, wait. It must be Monday and you're going to disco night at Captain Nick's. Well, yeah, of course I'm going to disco night at Captain Nick's. I'm the DJ, man. I got to be there. <laughs> that place is so much fun. So much fun. And the fun doesn't end after Monday because on Tuesday and Wednesdays, we have dueling pianos followed by Dr. West Chesterson's sloppy seconds. What are sloppy seconds? Well, that's when I play the piano for the rest of the drunk people there at the end of the night. Well, that sounds fun in itself. And Thursdays, they've got live acoustic acts and full bands and DJs. Yeah. And Friday and Saturday afternoons, we have acoustic acts on the deck at 530. Uh, Fridays are Delaney, and then Saturdays are Buddy Rob Davis. And then Friday and Saturday nights, they've got the best live bands on Block Island, like Derek and the Fun Bags, The Blushing Brides, Fever, Neil and the Vipers, West End Blend, and the High and Mighty Brass Band, just to name a few. Yeah, and uh, the bands aren't over just because Friday and Saturday night ends. On Sunday afternoons, the Young Guns take the stage on the deck at 530. Sunday fun day, and what if you're hungry? They got food, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, so they've served food out of the Captain Galley seven days a week, including some late night grub. So, you know, if you're hungry, stop in late night and grab a bite. Yeah. And if you want to check out the full entertainment schedule, let's just head over to CaptainNicksBI.com. You know, I was thinking of going out to dinner tonight, but I changed my mind and I'm cooking at home after opening the BI Times and seeing the latest recipe from Pam Gelsomini and Dish Off the Block. Oh, yeah. I love that column. But you know what? I found out Dish Off the Block isn't only in the Block Island Times. She's got a whole blog at dishofftheblock.com. There you can purchase Pam's new line of Dish Off the Block spices, including Superbly Herbly, Chow Bella, and Ragin' Cajun. Yeah, not only that, tons of recipes like that Superbly Herbly Striped Bass, uh, Apricot Ginger Sticky Ribs over Shiitake and Leek fried rice. Uh, she's got mussels and chorizo, parmesan, cream sauce. I mean, those are just a couple of them. Yeah, and you know what? I've also seen that she has a cookbook out called What Can I Make With This Frickin' Chicken? And it's got 50 tried and true recipes using ingredients commonly found in any kitchen, really. Yeah, and those meals, I've made a few of them. They are worthy of a five-star restaurant. They really are. They're very easy. They're approachable. You know, if you're just a novice chef, sometimes, you know, you get scared away by these big, fancy recipes. Not here. Anyone can make these, and that's what's so cool about them. Yeah, check her out. Check out Pam, all her stuff. You go to dishofftheblock.com. You can read the blog. You can shop the spice rack. You can purchase the cookbook or just find something great to make for dinner tonight. Ooh, now I'm getting hungry. I'm always hungry. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, what happened? What was that? Ah, oh, dude, I just ripped my favorite pair of jams. I've been wearing these things since 1987. Eh, don't panic, just... 
Go on down and see Liz at the Traveling Seamstress. Oh, yeah. I forgot Liz is here on the island. She repairs zippers. Yeah, she can do buttons. She can patch or mend most fabrics. You know what? She even can repair denim, so your favorite jeans can still be your favorite jeans. That's nice. You know what else? If you're getting married, say yes to the dress because she'll do last-minute alterations, steam and press tuxedo or your suit. She pretty much can help you out with anything to do with your wedding. Yeah. You know what I just remembered? She also makes curtains and draperies. She can do custom dye work. Uh, She can even make cushions for your home or your boat. She is magic with the machine, let me tell you, because she does slip covers too. And uh, no word of a lie, she did a set for my friend, and it's like walking into a different room with brand new furniture i actually flew a pair of pants over to her from the mainland over the winter to get taken up and she did that too and i didn't have to go to her place at 442 dodge street by the four corners yep and she keeps regular hours uh may through november you know limited wintertime hours but you could still reach her you sure know. and no projects too big or too weird well, hey, you can follow her on Instagram at Traveling Seamstress. Or you check out her website at TravelingSeamstress.com. Okay, we're back with Ben Hruska. And uh, uh, we, we were just about to discuss what Ben is working on these days. Ben, what's what's happened today with you? Yeah, um, you know, I was kind of looking for that next project. You know, I wrote about World War II. I'm still interested in Block Island. Um and I talked to Keith Lang and Keith Lewis just about the idea of a book on how Block Island saved, you know, 44% of itself, mm-hmm. uh, which is an amazing accomplishment. So they agreed to uh, some interviews. Um, uh, David Lewis uh, gave me the uh, primary source documents of the Block Island Conservancy. So this winter, I've been working on a book uh, looking at um, how Block Island, you know, pretty much saved itself. With And I'm really focused on, you know, the grassroots organizations of the Block Island Conservancy. Uh, you know, Keith Lewis's work on the Block Island Land Trust. Um, the Committee for the Great Salt Pond. Uh, I'm researching Hustle right now. Hustle. What's this? this? The magazine? No. Yeah, no, no. we have <laughs> familiarity with that publication. So but it's not. fun because you're on such a small island that, um, you know, uh, I saw Charlotte Hall and I said, um, your mom's Annie Hall, right? And she goes, yeah. I go, I think I saw the, your mom on a cover of the Block Island Times protesting Cuttings Cottages. And she goes, oh, okay, I don't know what, what hustle is, but I definitely, I know that picture. She's with someone else. So it's kind of fun. I can see someone down the street saying, hey, I'm working on this project. So hustle, I guess, I mean, I just found some uh, documentation this morning, actually, um, uh, from uh, Champlin, um, uh, Catherine Champlin's collection. Um, they were protesting the Cuttings Cottages. Yeah. So they were up on Corneck Road holding holding signs um, and trying to. Just saying, hustle going to help us stop. Yeah, I don't. I, help, I shouldn't have help us stop the land encroachment. That's okay, good enough. Sounds good. So it's still <laughs> very much a work in progress. I got about thirty five thousand words right now. So okay, um, but look, you know, I got one chapter just looking at you know Elizabeth Dickens and making this argument that um, you know Rob Lewis started the Block Island Conservancy, but you know he he's kind of inheriting this land ethic of Block Island from Elizabeth Dickens, and she didn't come up with it. It's been here for since the Manasseans. Yep. Um, then I got a chapter looking at um, the land use history of the island. Um, and then um, I just uh, concluded the chapter um, looking at, um, you know, places like Telluride, places like Aspen that are also experiencing this rapid, rapid changes in the 1970s. Yeah. Um, and also how they're, um, you know, kind of dealing with those. So, you know, it's fun for me because there's so much, a lot of people written on Block Island, but they just kind of have a myopic focus on the island and that's it. No. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can look at Telluride, I can look at Sun Valley and look at, you know, even places in New England that if they're too profitable, then the corporations can come in in the 1970s and 1980s and start purchasing things. Right. Um, you know, I've, in my little bag of tricks here, I found a great article um, that I can read later talking about 1971 just saying, well, Block Island never has to worry about corporations because <laughs> the season's too short yeah. and it's too big a pain in the ass to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and as we speak, there's something going on behind us here. So oh, there's something going um, on behind us. Let me pull right. that out and read it right now. So or maybe is, it's right in front of our face. This is the Daily News, 1971. So um, uh, ultimately, the town will have to decide just how much resort business it really wants to absorb. But the island uh, does have some built-in protection against swamping under the horde of tourists. It is blessedly isolated. The ferry ride is long. And the fogs that roll in unexpectedly, like soggy laundry uh, from the Atlantic, can quickly ground the small planes that taxi back and forth to the mainland. Secondly, the short season on the island, approximately from July 4th to Labor Day, um, although some uh, weekend vent- uh, weekenders venture out into spring and fall. But we both know now that you know people come to Block Island from April to October, and you know we all remember Block Island before the high speed ferry, right? Oh, I, you know, so. I'll be honest with you. It's been a year, couple of years now since I've taken a ferry ride in February that wasn't full of people. Yeah, you know, and you, you recognize a lot of them, but it's a people come. You know, it's definitely you know. And it's funny you bring up the high speed ferry. I've mentioned it, I think, before on the cast that that when I I got here in '96 and <clears throat> the high speed ferry, the first high speed ferry that came was like the hot button issue, like yeah. protest, like you know, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, yeah. and that was the first time I was ever aware of like, oh, they this place is trying to. Yeah, some people, you know, want it. There's those two thought camps of thought, I guess, whatever. They tried one a long time ago. It was like a hydroplane. Do you, do you ever see anything about that? I have not. No. I, I, it would dock at like two finger piers, right where now they ended the second ramp and through you know over time of where the boats back in. And you would go down and get in the thing, and and it would ride, you know, it would pick up speed, and it would basically come out. But I think it ended up being that it was functional, but not for this climate and ocean. You know, the <laughs> the ocean. There was too many days where it wasn't wasn't going to be able to wasn't going to be able to run gotcha. because it it needs to just you know it yeah. was more of a lake thing yeah. I think or you know. So that's interesting. Seventies, they're already starting. You know, certain people are th- like trying to look forward and say, hey, you know. This yeah. is what's maybe coming our way. So the chapter I'm working on right now is looking at Robbins Hollow and trying to argue why is that the line in the sand? I mean, there's changes going on in the 50s and 60s, you know, but why? Um, interesting part is, uh, you know, in the early 60s, some people on the mainland, particularly Providence politicians, had the idea of making Block Island a gambling. <laughs> so I'm, really? you know, I'm just envisioning the Rat Pack walking down, you know, Water yeah. Street. Um, but, you know, most of the islanders kind of definitely resisted it. Uh, but, you know, I think the people in Providence were saying, well, OK, Block Islanders, only four or five hundred year round residents. How can we generate revenue and jobs for them? And also probably a lot of revenue for us. Right. You know, what is Atlantic City doing? What did Vegas do? You know, can we do that? So that so, seems to be the first time where the islanders come together and say, no, this is insane. We'll figure this out on our own. Yeah. yeah. And, and some of this forethought was against the grain of the general feeling that this that they don't have anything to worry about. Yeah. It'll never be that popular. That I've heard busy. that with the mopeds, you know. I've asked Martha Ball, I mean, how did the mopeds get through? And she goes, no one took it seriously in 1975. Yeah. You know, no one said, OK, $10 license. Who's going to come to Block Island and rent a moped? We don't need to worry about this. So I think, yes, I think some people, um, you know, might overreact. But I think they remember from some mistakes they made. Yeah. At least perceived mistakes. You we, know? we had uh, Allie Kylie on, on the show last season and uh, her, her dad, 
Dick Kai, yeah. he was the first warden. And uh, she confirmed a story for us that that her dad uh, and another guy were they were the first people to bring mopeds to the island. And they did that. They did that again in the seventies at some yeah. point. And then uh, the island was like, "Hey, look," you know, went to Dick and was like, "Look, this yeah. is you know, we got people crashing and this yeah. and that." And Dick said, "Okay, I just won't do it anymore." But uh, he didn't have. A, there were no licenses. It yeah. was like back in the day, you just go buy some bicycles and set up on the, in your, the corner and start, you know, rent them out. Just like lemonade. Yeah. Like a lemonade stand. Yeah, wait till those licenses start. Those are going to be like the taxi cab. <laughs> the kids are going to be like, you know, lining up. I'm going to have a kid in 2040, so I better put in now. So. Gonna, yeah. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to love this lemonade. I've been fermenting it all winter in my basement. Yeah. It's got a kick. <laughs> but I've been calling the Block Island Times, and it's fun. You know, you, you see the Block Island Conservancy and Rob Lewis, but you all see the story of uh, Vinnie McAloon. I mean, Vinnie McAloon um, finds... 10 trash cans from the 1964 World's Fair and just on his own paints them in bright colors saying, keep our island safe. I may have got the, the name wrong, but and then he put them out by himself around town and then he would empty them. So even on an individual level, people are saying, okay, people are throwing crap around town. We can yell at them and say, pick, you know, this isn't New right. Jersey, or we can give them an option right. to put something in. Or you know? we can like, you know, those, it's like, we could go before the town council and bitch about it yeah. and like write, you know, letters and, and post on Facebook, or yeah. we can just take it upon ourselves to go do something that we know the aisle would be good for the aisle. So I'm kind of arguing. Um, and that does still go on. I'll say there are like yeah. groups like uh, I know Corey Hines over down who rents the kayak. She, she organizes beach cleanups. Yeah. They have beach cleanup days. Like we still, that vibe is still definitely alive. The benefit. I'm trying to argue that with democracy and the benefit of the small, there is yeah. a huge, huge advantage. So I'm looking at, it. I'm trying to make this maybe long connection with Aristotle, which maybe sounds like a quantum leap. No, go for it. I love but, that. Um, you it. know, Aristotle yeah. says a society can only exist in which one person can speak and everybody can hear him. Uh-huh. So, I mean, how many, without a microphone, I mean, how many people, how loud can you be? Now, he's obviously not including women and slaves, but, <laughs> but you know, but there were some the, glaring oversights <laughs> back in the day. But it's the argument of the city state right. that the city state was so strong because that everybody knew everybody. Yeah. And you could vote for someone based on their character as opposed to, you know, you've seen the last election cycle, yeah. you know, trying, you know, where it's just two people, two people out of 300 million that we got to pick from right. to be president, you know, yeah. so. But there uh -huh. are there are times in this small community where I've seen people get elected who maybe there was somebody. Of course, I, I mean, call it the I didn't want him at my house for dinner theory. Like <laughs> I don't care if he's better for the job, but I would yeah, never want him at I my don't. house for dinner, so I can't vote yeah. for him. And it's like sometimes you got to just say, look, yeah. you know, and, right? I, and I think we see that in bigger politics yeah. too that it voted more for personality and how they carry themselves versus getting a job done yeah. so but it's it's pretty funny that way it's like no can't have him in there i'm like why he's so smart good with numbers or she or whatever <laughs> no no i wouldn't want to spend an hour talking to that guy <laughs> okay you know you know i drove by i was driving down cornet yeah. road four years ago and i waved and he didn't wave he didn't back, wave back. <laughs> yeah yeah so that's ever since then but Screw um, you you non-waving bastard non-waving dick <laughs> um but I think that's important, like to, you know, not stop trying to draw those lines from what we may think are just these these big concepts to some smaller yeah. thing, because that's, you know, whether or not we're succeeding, we're trying to one of the things with this podcast we like to do is argue. One of our arguments is that, you know, people come here because they're like, oh, life on Block Island, it's so special and so different. And it is in very many ways. But a lot of the problems that we're experiencing uh, on our little island with a thousand people 
it, when you zoom it out, it's a, the dynamics of it. A lot of times are the same yeah. as like the larger yeah. society yeah. of the country or the yeah. global, the earth are, are experiencing. So definitely. You know. definitely. Yeah. yeah. With my book, you know, I'm looking at, you know, I don't think block Island is really that special. Um, thank you. Yeah. Before, before, thank you. before World I mean. War II. Right. You know, right. right. But I, yeah. you know, I'm looking yeah. doing some research saying in 1970 that uh, outside of school, work, and home, more people are spending time in malls than any place else. Yes, I love the mall. Yeah. And yeah. I think you Who mentioned did? that in, your, in the podcast that Kim Gaffett said people come for, to Block Island for what it's not. Yes. Yes. I said that a lot. Or something yeah, along like that, that line. Yeah, so, I, like I mean, I think same. that's where suddenly in the 1970s where everything is the same. Whether you're in a mall in Mississippi or Maine, yeah. it's the same damn thing. It's all inside. Yeah. It's the same music. It's the same products. Yeah. You know, it's the same food. Papa Gino. And the know, security right. guards treat you exactly the same. <laughs> I can tell you that. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. the same. So, I'm know. actually researching, you know, where the Warwick Mall was. And that was just dairy farms in yeah. the 20s and 30s. And now you got... 80 stores and two acres inside of retail space. I like the thing I like. I like to picture the farmer who is plowing his field back in the day, yeah. like just had no clue that the land he's standing on, what it would become in like yeah. a gap. Know, <laughs> Old Navy, a, a Circle yeah. K, hey. a place to get reasonably priced right. uh, t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a dog toy specialty store. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the historical side did it. No great. shade to the mud hut, which we love. What? <laughs> yeah, no, I, but it's not yeah. in a mall. No, it's not in a mall. Mom and pop dog specialty stores only. Yeah. Yes. Historical side did a great interview with Rob Lewis, uh, you know, who found, founded the Conservancy around 2000. And he talked about they would go to Providence once a year and they would take the ferry directly from Block Island and just a different world. I mean, there was lights. There was a 400 foot building. There's a you know, there was different factories that had different whistles. Because if they all blew the whistle at the same time, they might think they're leaving. So there was like coordinated whistles. So I was thinking, well, it's just World War II and mass consumption. No, even in the 20s, you got consumption. You got radio. um, You're starting to have much cheaper printing with photography. So, you know, to come from Block Island, 1925, 1926, and then step off in Providence would just been mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah I like, mean that, what, what was the? It was like leaving Walnut Grove and going to what was the big city in Little House on the Prairie. You remember? Is that before both your times? Oh no, <laughs> I remember. I just they would go into the big city. I know you're talking. You know, about, yeah. Yeah. They, they actually had a restaurant. You could sit down and eat. Yeah, you know what I mean, like that was the big <laughs> thing. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Well, I mean, dude, you grew up in a house out here with no electricity, no only plumbing. in the summers. Like, but yeah, you made that. Yeah. yeah, but you know, you oh, experienced that rustic yeah. Yeah. living. You know, yeah. yeah. And now kids complain that their you know TikTok download is, is too, they, too, yeah, it's they, taking they, too yeah, long. The internet's the, um, lousy. Yeah, the yeah. when I um, you know one of the big things out here and it was that uh, people didn't want to come to Block Island because none of the hotels had air conditioning. Air conditioning yeah. really is a new thing for yeah. hotels out here as of the last 10 years yeah. like we're talking it's 20 what year is it 2022 20, I think. Yeah. yeah yeah so like you know like the late uh zeros and into the early 10s I, I don't think a lot of places had air conditioning i'm gonna tell you this much i mean it could be the whole kid to adult thing but i do think i literally think the summers are hotter longer than they ever were you know, when I look back, so maybe I didn't notice it every year. I'd be like, boy, it's four more hotter days this year than last year. No, I'm not yeah. saying that, but I'm just saying in general, I remember going through a week or two where everybody was uncomfortable, but that was it. You had that, that week or two and it would sometimes emerge in the end of July, beginning of August. Sometimes it would all be nice, but it, it wasn't like it is. I mean, we literally before the end of June, we, we get hot now and it yeah. stays yeah. hot. You know, yeah. what I mean, and that's uh, you know, I'm I'm assuming the global warming thing is is true. I, you know, I, I mean, would think. Happening. 
I mean, who knows? You know, so, ask certain people. They might beg to differ, but I'd say but they yeah, got no. a, um, climate change. They got a great collection at the library, climate. by the way, of a uh, uh, global warming section. I read one. I can't think of the name of the book, but it was pretty terrifying as I'm reading on the beach, just saying that there's been more carbon dumped in the atmosphere since 1990 mm. uh, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. than any time before the Industrial Revolution. So you're just thinking, yeah. okay, and it's crazy. Half my lifetime, basically, like that much carbon, like what's going to happen? You I know? mean, it's insane. It's, and it's exponential. Yeah. I mean, it's virally exponential. Yeah. Like there's no, like that's the problem with the, everyone's like, well, what's the matter with the world? Well, there's too many people and, and we just yeah. keep making more people and yeah. there's not, an, and like, the, yeah, the room, like, per, like, yeah, there's room because you, you fly over the, you, the United States. And again, you look at the Midwest and the, de- there's, yeah. look at all the room down there. Look at all yeah. the room down there. But it's like, it's not the point. There's just, well, just to give you a tidbit, I mean, I walked the Arizona trail twice so the arizona trail goes from utah to mexico how long is that uh about 700 miles jesus so i walked it in three years ago four years ago um how long does it take uh about two months but then i walked it last year and in just three years 80 uh, 80 miles out of 800 have gone up in flame oh yeah 10 percent now randomly that's just you're just drawing a random line across the state but Mm. still the fire is out west. I mean, remember, remember the sunsets last summer? It was yes, crazy. Yes, yes, yes. That's Oregon up in the sky. Crazy. You know? My buddy lives on the backside of Malibu out in California and, and in the valley. And I mean, every year it's like, is my house going to yeah. survive? Because when do the fires start? Because they're all the time now. You know, I so hope you my, walk two different directions when you did it twice. I did. Okay, good. Yeah. 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 Different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how I, you know. <laughs> different trail. So, yeah. okay, when, good. How, when you're on walk, can we, let's shit. I'm interested in this trail walking thing. Okay, well, let's when go. When did you get into hiking? It's like called that? through hiking. Through so, hiking. Um, yes. That, yeah. I did my first through hike in uh, 2013. So, uh, I wanted to do uh, the Pacific Crest Trail. Okay. Um, I knew, but I didn't have enough money. I wanted to come to Block Island too. So I basically got dropped off at the Mexican border, um, April 8th, uh, 2013, okay. uh, 2014, excuse me. And, uh, walked to Yosemite. Okay. Oh, so, wow. so I walked about 800 miles. I, well, I'm doing myth. There's all these acronyms, myth, myth hiking is multi-year through hiking. Okay. The idea of, I want to do the Appalachian trail, but I'm just going to hike it in one Sections. month increments. Yeah. 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 So that was my first big, uh, through hike. And then, um, I taught in China, Shenzhen, China. And that's actually where my, my idea for this Block Island book came from, the, the, the Conservancy book. Really? Because uh, I was living in this town that um, was uh, 12 million people. It took me uh, probably um, six months to find something older than me uh, because it's all new. It's just everything's new. Yeah. Um, so in 1979, it was a fishing village of 50,000 people. Um, basically, where I was living in China was uh, the first place where they put up a fence and just said, OK, we're going to try this thing called capitalism. We're going to put a fence up and we're going to invite Shell Oil and other companies to come in uh, and obviously took off. So from 1979, this little fishing village turned into 12 million people. Wow. So, I mean, I literally had to search the town 12 or excuse me, six months to find anything older than me. And I'm thinking it's China. I'm a history guy. This is going to be great. Yeah. And it's yeah, just all yeah. new, 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 new. And then it really made me realize, OK, the only other time I've lived this close to the ocean was on Block Island. So how's Black Island different? Wow. You know, yeah. so, you know, because I mean, when I was there, they're knocking down buildings from the 2010s to make 60 and 70 story residential buildings. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, like that smell we had yet or outside the day, like the, the paint smell at Bridgegate Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I had a memory of China because that's what China smelled like outside. There was that much construction going on all the time. The smell of progress. Yeah. 
Smell of China. So I did some hiking in China. Actually, uh, Hong Kong has some fantastic trails. So uh, I could walk to Hong Kong from where I live. So I'd, I'd go, I'd go, you know, camp up yeah. there by cows and stuff. And uh, it was just kind of fun because on one side I'd be looking down at the communist China with all the, the neon and whatnot, and then there'd be high rises on the other side, and I'd just be, you know, up there with cows and stuff. That's incredible. And so, what kind of? I mean, how much stuff do you bring with you when you're? You know, uh, you gotta... My base weight's about uh, eighteen pounds. A lot of guys like to brag. My base weight's twelve pounds. That's oh, what you mine. Call... You like you call yourself a weight Nazi? Like the lower is better yeah um you know i have hmm. a tent that weighs under a pound you know um so i have about 18 pounds wow yeah. and like how that, often, wouldn't, that wouldn't cover my snacks <laughs> but yeah that's not so that when you do a base weight that's not food that's oh, not fuel God. that's Phew. not water okay yeah. yeah all right and so when it, you're on these hikes how long do you how many days do you go before you have to like stop off the trail and refuel are there spots on the way yeah. that like sell a lot of times you're hitchhiking which i never thought i would do in california but california is a pretty interesting state i never thought i'd live there until i did the trail because there's a lot of little towns that were kind of like block island you know you yeah just, you, everybody knows okay four miles outside of town there's people who are hitchhiking and if they got trekking poles they're not homeless they may smell like it but they're not homeless yeah and they'll give you a ride in you can go to circle k and stock up on food so i'd say about 80 to 100 miles is about as far as you can go and it roughly depends on the terrain about four or five days and, and i'm sure it also depends on the terrain but average how many miles a day are you covering um i was doing probably 18 probably 18 is a good day wow. 18 to 19 i mean wow. not right at the beginning that's a lot but, um yeah um, do you but do you bulk up like do you try and eat and put on extra fat or oh, muscle before like you t- do these because you must like shed yeah the first time i think i was 183 i think i got down to 162 and i mean you're just eating you go into town all you do is eat yeah huge meals you, you got you zero gotta, days zero days where you're not walking any miles yeah i mean you just be sitting in a hot tub eating ice cream just trying to put in as many calories as possible <laughs> and but you really got to watch it obviously once you get off the trail because hmm. when you're not walking 25 30 miles um rich that's that's what we've been doing wrong is we we forgot the hike hiking part that's what it was you yeah had, you had me at ice cream it's interesting when you tell people when we tell we kept telling people yeah we're through hikers and they're like well what why are you both so, well oh, we forgot yeah. to hike we forgot the hiking well, you got part. two out of three yeah. you, you know you haven't showered in a while and, and you're eating ice cream in my hot tub by the way you look like homeless people yeah yeah, yeah we, just, we have yeah. the trucking poles yes, we don't don't ever leave you know we're just permanent (laughs) fixtures you know before we get too far away i was going to comment on something because of the history part the history part and um my wife is from minnesota okay so uh her grandfather came out for our wedding maybe one maybe more than once but i definitely specifically recall the wedding visit and um that might have been his first time to new england and he couldn't stop, you know, he's in the 70s, he couldn't stop commenting on how old all the buildings yeah. were. Because just even in Minnesota, it's new compared to, you know, they may, they may have one or two old buildings. But, you know, he, he the, I never, it never dawned on me that the that buildings here in Boston are hundreds and hundreds of yeah. years older than any building in Minnesota. You totally. Know, like, you know, and it, from yeah, the f- it, 16, 1500s and, am I right on that? 1600s, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know. Like he'd see a house on Block Island, like smiling through, and he's like, "I don't think we have a house, you know, that's still standing." And yeah. you know, because the ones built then and that out there, they they didn't have the hang of it yet. You no. know, they would just do what they could to make something to survive. But I thought that was pretty neat his his view that everything here was so old, even though it was only halfway across the country. Yeah, and then you go to Europe and yeah, somewhere like Spain, and you're just walking around. Oh, there's like a just the ruins of just some random castle <laughs> on the side of the road, and we're like, oh, what is that? You know, the first time I went, I was like, I, we pulled the car over, and I'm like, where's the where's the placard? Where's like the historic? Where's the tour guide? 
it's like no these these things are all over the place like they're just old castles that every fucking like town had yeah. and when the towns went down it was like the castle just got abandoned and just you know no one's like it's yeah. just there easier to build a new one yeah 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 and you know that one i was uh cataloging at the historical society i had a friend from over from england and she was helping me catalog some of the plates we had and she's like why are you cataloging this i eat off stuff like this my grandma had. <laughs> <laughs> like this is historic this was from the orchid lounge we need to preserve this you know Ooh, yeah. i mean so I'm, by the way in terms of my you know my block island history i am a, I, I focus on the orchid lounge yeah. I, yeah. I think I, I may I, I don't know but I, if i were to be a historian about block island it would definitely be about bar culture bar culture yeah. out here and maybe we should talk about that. That could be fun. Yeah, I got some great pictures I can show you with this new um, Annenberg grant. So the uh, Historical Society, um, I want to thank uh, Pam Gasner, uh, who retired. Congratulations, Pam. Um, she wrote a grant along with Bob Willis, our president, uh, to the Annenberg Foundation. So uh, I believe they secured $60,000 over two years um, to digitize our collection of objects, uh, excuse me, um, uh, paper uh, material. Great. So I've been just doing that eight days and finding some goodies. Can I show you a couple of things? Yeah, yeah please. Let's, yeah, please. So, let's get and to then it. will it be all right if we though. share these, what you're showing us yes. on social media okay yes. cool so um, folks will listeners will will we'll do our best to describe what we're seeing and then we'll, we'll actually po- let's do a little trivia you. here Ooh, so okay oh as my research on block island conservation uh, i've come across the newsletters of the block island newsletter which is the residency association uh and they have some great statistics on airport traffic and i was stunned by the numbers so i'll tell you 1967 there were 14,482 flights again 1967 14,000 flights Rich, in 1972, how many flights do you think there were? I'll give you a hint. It's more than 14,000. 17,834, Bob. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go 17,845, Bob. So again, 1967, 14,000. 1972, six years later, 25,145. Whoa. Whoa. So you're talking 73% increase in air traffic in six years. Okay. Um, so that's a little little tidbit there. Now, was that because that's because the island was becoming a little more? A little more known, yeah. No. You know, you're seeing a lot of, you know, pieces in the New York Times. Um, and it's interesting when it's a travel piece in the New York Times, Block Island has no problems. I mean, you know, you can go there and, and but that's what tra- people read travel right. sections, not for problems. Right. You know, it's, you yeah. read a piece on Block Island from the Providence Journal. Um, a lot of times it's, oh, you know, yeah. who's the, the police chief left or, yeah. you know, this building yeah, burned down, yeah. you know, so problems like that. So, yeah, um, that's a big growth. William R. Stubbs. Billy Stubbs, piano yeah. player. I got I've, we found uh, yesterday. I found his um, obituary. Oh. Um, Providence Journal, October 30th, 1984. Speaking of the bar at Dead Eyes, uh, I don't know how many years ago, but it was. Uh, I, I actually did a tribute. I did a tribute to Billy Stubbs at Dead Eyes. Yeah, in the I, bar I there. That. Were you there? Yeah, and I think I wrote a letter to the editor praising you. Thank you. Yeah, I wish it was awesome. I clep- Thank you for doing wow. that. I'm, that was fantastic. I think I had too many drinks at Dead Eyes, which is probably why I don't remember that. But thank you. Uh, yeah, it was a blast. And like, there is. I'm stunned. There, you know, there's that recording going around of Billy's. Do you do you know that? I have those. No, um, again, I'm stumped again. Yes, that's nice. two, two for me. <laughs> going to run out of mics to drop. For uh, <laughs> these things are expensive. Um, yeah, I'll give them to you. That's I got awesome. so that's how I learned the songs because like somebody had an old tape and then somebody gave me that and I had to like go around the island looking for a tape deck to listen to them yeah. and then I. I put them on a cd yeah. and whatever but uh, yeah it was great uh billy stubbs man but no i wait tables there in 2000 2001 and i mean i'm fresh from kansas i mean i'm clueless i thought tunas were like were the size of a tuna can 
I mean, I just seriously, like when when we're asking a temperature on a fish, I'm going, OK, if it's a fish from Kansas, you cook it and then you like cook it again. You know, like there's yeah. no medium. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, rare. Yeah. yeah. How do you like your yeah. tuna? With mayo, please. <laughs> yeah. So then well, duh. Know, I go down to Paines and actually see the animal, the tuna going, oh, this is just like a, a muscle. You know, it's it's pretty cool to yep. do that. But people always ask, well, when's Billy Stubbs playing? I go, who's this Billy Stubbs guy? And I go, oh, he's this guy that played. But, you know, yeah. you talk to people in the 70s and 80s. I mean, it got rowdy out here no doubt you got to get carrie you got to get carrie todd on this podcast because she talked about she goes i'm not gonna lie i've asked she goes she's hesitant she goes ben i remember people you know hanging from the rafters literally at at the old ballards not just oh it got a little wild last night they're they're up in the rafters yep um and the activities of the orchid lounge just sound uh amazing yeah there was some shenanigans talk about shenanigans i feel like they almost invented shenanigans at the orchid lounge it's possible a certain subsect of shenanigans anyway um the old cranston so i found yesterday i scanned this picture of this guy named old cranston no idea who he is um it's from uh amelia dodge's collection uh her husband was the butcher undertaker pastor first person to have a hearse that was motorized on the island and i think it's where lester dodge lived so roughly where the where the library is okay um and um but yeah there's just this guy with you know a chick a chicken on his arm and a basket of something, black and white, I'm guessing 1910, 1915, and just says Old Cranston. So, it, I mean, no idea who this guy is. If, if anyone knows, please contact me. But I think Block Island has always kind of attracted just characters. No doubt. Know? Oh, yeah, so yeah. So whatever happened to Old Cranston, I don't know. I mean, I haven't gone through the graveyard and looked for Old Can- uh, Cranston yet. But. Yeah. There's that, a, that was what, so you know he was called Old Cranston. Yeah, that, that, that's all that was labeled on the, on, the, on the image was just Old Cranston. So, wow. um, And then old images of, uh, got some great shots in 1900 of two babies on Baby Beach. Um, and you can clearly see, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, old Harbor in the background. So it's just like, you know, yeah. hey, it's, they call it baby beach for a reason. I mean, right. there've been babies on there since, you know, Theodore Roosevelt was president. You know? Rich and I are in the middle of a, a slight debate right now in terms of, uh, you know, the de- demarcation lines of which beach, you know, baby yeah. beach ends and then, you know, town beach begins, um, and the stairs that have recently been built over yeah. the, do those now for, cause people will refer to those as first stairs, second stairs, third stairs. Yeah. Does that mean baby beach effectively now ends at the first stairs and goes, or are the, uh, or does Baby Beach continue on through the stairs and the stairs are just yet a further demarcation point uh, of Baby Beach? And it's something that's never really written down, like the example of on the, the marking on the block I on the on the ship. Yeah. There's no documentation on that. It, right. It just, it just kind of like, duh. Yeah. You know? So, you know, unless you record someone. And thank you guys for what you're doing. Your interview with Everett Liverfield was fantastic. Oh, and thank, you're really oh, doing yeah, a service to the you. island for, for getting these stories down. Oh. Um, because if you don't get the stories down, it's just, I mean, I think about trying to write the history of these ships without those 25 interviews. I mean, I could do it, but it'd be pretty damn boring. And it would just be, you know, Navy document, Navy document, Navy document. Yeah. yeah. I, I got a question. My thinking is, I wonder if the the block I am, the, the, this insignia is sort of encrypted. Because I wonder if that was a way, like, let's say this plane went down and they found that tailpiece, then the enemy, that would hint to them that that ship was in the region. So I wonder if that was their own way of, of, you know, like it would be hard for the enemy to see that square with the I and the yeah. M and figure out, oh, that's bar. So I wonder if a lot of. It's like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, you know, knock, 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 you know, <laughs> uh, clam chowder and then the red or the white. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, because, you know, yeah, they obviously could intel would tell them what yeah. we had for ships. But now, you know, uh oh, 
we just yeah. found this tailpiece and it says right on it, USS Block Island. Yeah. So then they know. You got to so be a little vague. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if it was a little vague on purpose. Is that know? one of the things that uh, attracts you to to being a historian? Is it, is it like is part of you like always wanted to be like an, an a detective or in the FBI or like a forensic investigator or something? Is there that element in you that's just like I wanted to? I want to. Not only are you interested in just how you know how it all worked and and how this is different from then how it is now but also like i want to f- i want to find something and make uncover a it, make a yeah. connection yeah. that's never been made is there yeah, and this image here which you know we'll, we'll post up this exhibit here um this is uh, an exhibit called valor and courage which dr jerry abbott uh helped me with i want to thank him uh this is um, a permanent exhibit inside uh, legion hall but what does it say in their jersey it says fbi that's a basketball team and i'm going okay is the fbi having a game on the ship or you know so i asked one of the guys going no that was our nickname the fbi i'm going well what's the fbi fighting block island so i'm going oh okay so yeah Mm -hmm. so i like the old cranston story i'm trying to find out who he is um a lot of the images i'm scanning right now are some people i just don't know who they are but my hope is that i can scan you know maybe two three weeks later saying hey i marked that not i don't know who it is and this one is labeled yeah um so what's um, your biggest breakthrough discovery in your own personal opinion like <gasps> what is that so there's a guy named captain nick who apparently ran for office <laughs> i didn't heard... know i didn't know he ran for office did you uh no maybe so, I, I think i what recall is him running. We'll, we'll, we'll get that scanned and right. get that sent to you so i found this in the collection of Catherine champlin um yesterday um you know i found the documentation of hustle and the documentation of i think the first or second letter from the committee of the great salt pond um and then i saw um, this and I'm going, huh, I think that's Captain Nick. I am holding in my hand a standard size envelope uh, on the left hand side in letter in 70s lettering. It says Nick DiPatrillo, box 19, block on the Rhode Island. And then on the front of the envelope, and is you're a, using your archival gloves, of course. I that am I, that I brought. Yep. So, mm-hmm. I just strapped those on. So f- feel free to open that up and take a look. Um, is is an, is a shadow a silhouette of the North Light and on okay I'm looking at a letter dated November first nineteen eighty four letterhead Nick D Patrillo Block Island Rhode Island should I read it please yeah okay dear Block Island voter I write this letter seeking your support in the Tuesday November sixth election I only ask that you talk to anyone in town government any town council member from either party who served while I was on the town council for six years. Ask any of them about my dedication to open government to the town of New Shoreham and its people. I have always been a strong holdout on raising taxes and asked each town department that was asking for an increase in funds to prove their needs to the public. There are still many important decisions to make that will affect us for the rest of our lives. Effect spelled incorrectly, EFF. Um, I am not here to do my thing. I am not here to do my thing. I am here as your voice on the town council. I'm not here to do my thing. Hmm. I think it's just so great that, that he knows, he, knows he has his thing. Yeah, he know he's well aware yeah. that he's got a thing. Like ripping down the building, he it's just uses like, collateral. Yeah, it's kind of like when someone says to you, hey, you know, I don't mean to be an asshole, but yeah. you know they're yeah. about to be an asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no offense. No offense. <laughs> but here it comes. No offense, but guess what? Hang on, I'll, let me scan this quickly. See, I will take the combination somewhere hard before I see both sides. I lived the first 28 years of my life on the mainland and the last 18 years on Block Island. Having lived in both worlds, I know why our people are so protective of Block Island, its way of life. I will fight for the solutions that are fair and equitable to all. Thank you for your consideration, Nicholas A. D. Petrillo. Wow. I did not know. I'm going to go independent. 
Yeah. No wonder. I mean, that's democracy. And, and yeah. before I lived in China, I would not have thought that's important. But until yep. I talked to my Chinese friends saying, Ben, we look at politics in China as um, the weather. It impacts us, but we have no impact at all. We, you know, you don't vote in China. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, it, do we have a perfect system? No. But a citizen who isn't a felon um, can run. Well, I guess, that, wasn't there a mayor from Providence that was a felon? Uh, yeah. I, I think his slogan was yeah. uh, vote for me because I can't vote for myself. And I, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that was, yeah. He might have been. Yeah. Wait, are we talking about buddy? You buddy? say yeah. you say felon, I say concerned <laughs> citizen. Yeah, you say felon. I mean, <laughs> you know, no, it's, you know, hey, you know. You know, I felon. It also sounds like fella. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good felon. There's good I mean, felons good fella. and bad felons. I'm yeah. a good felon. So let's do some Block Island trivia. Oh, Behind God. me was where the original Block Island Club was. Right? Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Which musical star from the 1970s hit on my mom in that establishment? 1972. In the Block Island Inn before it was Captain yeah. Nicks. Um, I'm gonna go. He was not playing. I'm gonna go with. Um, I uh, Paul McCartney. No, I'm gonna go with uh, uh, um, Peter Frampton. Neil Young. Neil Young was out here. She said, "Yeah, Neil Young came came up and said, you know, hey, Neil Young.'" And he's like, "No, you're not." And then she looked. She goes, "It was him." Yeah, wow. here hanging. I mean, not playing, but just, just hanging. Just hanging. But I could definitely see him out here. I yeah, could see him in the seventies, especially yeah, yeah. Right? big yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Neil would dig Block Island. I think. Yeah, probably that's still interesting. Would. Wow. Yeah. Why? So that's she didn't. You know, so she, she talk, you know, she has stories. She about wasn't like, hey, Neil, there. let's hang out. <laughs> I, I mean, well, luckily for me, she said no. So, all right, that's well, true. Yeah, I have. Was she married at the time? No. Oh, okay. you could have been half Neil Young's kid. <laughs> mm. Yeah, might have had a, might have had other interests than you do now. <laughs> yeah, so we're grateful that Neil Young's not like shutting you. down Napster. Well, Neil Young supposedly not your dad. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> According to your mom, may I believe her? <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, I have, I don't know if it's of interest or not, but I have some footage, uh, but it may have already been like collected because it was 38 millimeter that was handed over and somebody digitized it for us, but it's from the fifties of my nice. family in Block Island. So that'd be awesome. There's actually a nice pan of the, the Ballards in the fifties yep. and the ocean view is still standing the hotel. So it's, you know, and it's actually Ooh. odd because the, the first time I was given a copy of it was the first time I had seen pictures, but I actually got to see my great grandmother walking around on the west side on Block Island, nice. wow. drinking something out of a mason jar. I'm, I'm you know, looked mm. like water, looked like water, yeah. but you know, but uh, it was kind of cool to see the the video, you know, of the, and there's the kids at the beach down at Dory's Cove, the town bike riding yeah. stuff like that. But it's pretty pretty neat stuff. But the cool. ocean view was it must have been amazing. If it was still there, it'd be something. But yeah. I, t- you know, Dan Malay, who had essentials, him and his, his wife had essentials for years. Um, he talked about being a you know bag boy there in at the Ocean View I think in fifty five fifty six and he said, you know a beer cost seventy five cents a mixed drink was a dollar twenty five and he goes on Fourth of July they did ten thousand dollars in business. Whoa! I mean you're just Oof. like, and he just has these stories of like a guy walking up with a girl on each arm and he's saying, sir, you know can I get your bags? He goes, no, I got these bags. You grab the luggage, kid. <laughs> I mean just you know the characters out here. Um, and then Dan has a great story. Dan went served in Vietnam um, in 1966. So he got a really, really uh, intoxicated because it was last night on Block Island, July 5th, 1966. Slept in a broom closet, from what I understand, in the ocean view. On, so woke up on the morning, July 6th of 66, in the ocean view. That's the day it burned down. Gets on the ferry, goes to New York, gets on the plane, lands in, I think, Seattle or San Francisco. And 
on the front page of the paper, it said it shows the ocean view on fire, and it says the queen is dead. And he literally woke up there that morning. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that'd be trippy today, much less yeah, you know, in the is. 60s. Yeah. Just you wake um, up, you just drop your cigarette, and you head out. And then you read. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And he opens up a smoke shop, yeah. a cigar Hmm, <laughs> interesting. Hmm, <laughs> okay. We're going to have to get him on the podcast, yeah, I think, let's now. figure this out. A little interrogation. Um, talking about... Talking about connecting some dots. No doubt. <laughs> that also, it, it, but also not surprising though, that the uh, Ocean View would have had those kind of sales, even given the price. It had at one point the world's largest bar, correct? I think on the East Coast. On the East Coast. Okay. 99 bar stools. Um, so. It sounded like it was shaped like a key. Uh, and I got some great video uh, footage here that I can show you of. Uh, they said when the bar went up, it literally was an explosion. And I got about eight or nine pictures here I can show you. And it, it does. It looks like when that one side does take off, it is an explosion. And what caused that fire? Do we um, know? I believe they were putting heating oil in it, and they had a, someone that was inexperienced and was not paying attention, and the tank was full, and it was going under the foundation, under the foundation, oh. under the foundation. Wow. Um, and then um, I talked to some guys uh, who fought the fire, and they said, if we had the capacity to physically pick it up and put it in the ocean, we still want to put it out. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. just, it was just tinder, fuel. It's a tinderbox. Yeah, it's all you know, wood. Yeah. You know, nothing, you know, nothing anti-flame. Yeah, balloon yeah. framing. I mean, yeah. once that heat gets in those walls, loaded just, with booze. Yeah, you know, yeah. flammable, flammable alcohol. I mean, you know, it's like that's yeah. probably the explosions. Was you yeah. know, yeah, the, the Molotov cocktails unintentionally yeah. placed just, inside. Wow. Yeah, I heard they used to have partitions, so you could open up sections of the bar at a time, like yeah. twenty or thirty feet, and then oh. so you didn't have to keep the whole thing going. And in the winter. Uh, maybe Adrian Mitchell told us, I think that in the winter, you they would just shrink it down. So it okay. was still there, but they would only heat like a tiny little section of the bar. Captain Nick used to do that downstairs here, too. Yeah. Yeah. He would build false walls. And then when it was just the fireplace, that was all the heat they mm -hmm. had. Okay. Another Block Island trivia question. Who is the first female bartender at Captain Nick's? L I'm going to go with Lisa Sprague. Although she didn't, she, Lisa hmm. made pizzas for Nick at the end. I don't know. I don't I even have Lisa. a guess on that one. Claire Costello. Claire oh. I interviewed her last summer about uh, the committee for the Great Salt Pond and her work, and she had some interesting stories. Really, about working here. So you maybe can get her on the show. Let's yeah, let's uh, talk to Claire because mm. we love those stories. Yeah. We love the Nicks. Yeah, she said stories. Ed McGovern uh, hired her, and she was the first female bartender at wow. Nicks. So. Nicks, yeah, yeah. Nicks uh, has attracted a, a lot of interesting people over the years. Not myself He's excluded, like, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, I need to ask uh, you something, Claire. Claire. <laughs> Claire. <laughs> Um, man, we could like go for hours. I feel like, um, I know you have the game. Can I give you guys a game? Yeah. Okay, Should we flip so, the script on this? So, let's flip the script. Okay. Okay. So drink with fight with or eat with, I'm going to give you three historical figures. Okay. okay. And you got to pick one, which one you'd like to have dinner with, which one you'd like to maybe have a out beverage or two with. Uh, which one you'd like to fight with. So rich. Okay. Then when you uh, okay. can, can I clear a uh, point yeah. of clarification, uh, when you say fight with, are you saying we're on this guy's team and we're fighting another person or we're fighting this mm, historical person? That's very person? good. Um, let's do either, but you have to tell me which. Okay. Okay. So it's dine, cocktail, and and fight. Yes. Okay. Okay. Rich. For I'm you. ready. For me. Um, Julia Child. Yes. Chef Boyardee. Yes. Um, Bobby Flay. I would probably want to fight with Chef Boyardee. In which sense? Alongside him or against him? Against him. I would probably. <laughs> well, I would. I would want to. I would want to drink with Julia Child and eat with Bobby Flay. I think Julia Child, uh, Bobby Flay, 
could possibly turn into kind of a you know ornery character. Oh, I see. A few cocktails. Ah, clever, clever. I'm thinking about. I see what you did there. I'm thinking about it. You know, where are we after five yeah. drinks? You're thinking. Of that, yeah, <laughs> I'd much rather. Yeah. You're thinking he's this you guy. Julia Child. Flay might start writing checks his oh, ass can't yeah, cash, yeah, and then, you know, yeah. slapping yeah. people, and you know, because yep. like, I've seen yep. him. You know, but, plus the guy knows his way around some barbecue. It looks like. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that could be good. So yeah. I think I'd go. Okay, right there. Mark. Okay, <laughs> Neil Young, James Taylor, mm-hmm. the Beatles. All four of them. Yep. Uh, I would want to eat with James Taylor. I would want to fight with Neil Young, not against him. <laughs> which is probably a bad idea. Napster? But I mean, I think he's... No, actually, I'm going to have to switch. I would rather fight w- alongside the Beatles because there's more of them. Oh, there we go. Nice. And I mean, Ringo looks scrappy. Um, so I guess I would rather drink then with who, who did I say that? Neil, Neil Young. Young and plus James Taylor sober. So I would never want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Neil Young, cause he's a freak anyways. And I don't know. Your mom's drank with Neil Young. How, yeah. Did, how did, how, you know, yeah, it sounds like he's a nice guy. Sounds yeah. like it. Cool. So. That, that, would, that would be my pick. New York's cool. He liked my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course he's cool. <laughs> okay, one more. Uh, Rich, okay. um, let's do both of you guys. Uh, we'll do uh, Winston Churchill, Theodore Roosevelt. Um, trying, let's think of an author here. Hemingway. Oh, drinking with Hemingway. Yeah, you I'm got it. Go huh? drinking with Hemingway. Yeah. I'd probably fight Roosevelt and have dinner with... Uh, um, Wait, Churchill. Teddy Roosevelt? Churchill, Churchill. Did you say, sorry? Yeah, did you clarify Teddy Roosevelt or the, Teddy Roosevelt? Yeah, okay, sorry. yeah. Roosevelt. He has the because I wouldn't want to fight FDR. That would be you know that no. Wouldn't be fair. But Theodore, I could you know. Teddy he, was he, a rough rider, man. Yeah, rough yeah, he rider. won a Congressional Medal of Honor. Yeah, so that'd be dude, a scrappy one. Yeah, oh, I don't. I, mean, I didn't know it was based Teddy. on being afraid of him. I mean, <laughs> let's I think it'd be kind of like what happened to you. I just got the shit kicked out of me by Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, don't call him Teddy. Don't call him Theodore. Well, that's how the fight started. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. No, I heard that uh, his kids would say if they came up to him after his dad died saying, oh, I was buddies with Teddy. They knew they weren't buddies. They were, right, right, nobody right, called him yeah. Teddy. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'll, I'll play your it? game. I'll play your game. You got You got. Uh, okay. Yeah. You want to still do it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, let's do it. Let um, me know when you're ready. because This I'll... is our world famous lightning round. You go first. if you. I'm like. nervous because I've never been nervous before a lightning round. His Ben's brain moves so quick. The synapses, and I'd like to do a brain scan on you after. I have a brain scan machine under the bed. I'd like to uh, check your synapse response time because I feel like it's, it's about 100 times faster than most human beings. Uh, lightning round. Is it a grinder or a hoagie? Uh, grinder. All right. Your only choice of transportation for the rest of your life are a donkey or a giraffe. Which one would you choose? Oh, donkey. Which do you value more? Peaceful rest or getting it done? Peaceful rest. What was I your... hit that age. <laughs> well, I'm with you. What was your last Halloween costume? Um, Dressed up as a VC fighter. So I had black pajamas on and a little hat on. If you could travel back in time and spend a week, but you would be on a ship at sea, would you go? Yes. Okay. Do you find handlebar mustaches to be handsome? No. What is, and this is kind of a spoil. what's your favorite period in history? Yeah. Right? So, um, probably World War II. Yeah, we answered that. Yeah, I Let's kinda, throw, you know, I do the questions before the interview. You know, it's hard to, yeah. some of them get answered. You yeah, know? that exactly. That's the problem with the lightning. Sometimes the one of the bolts of lightning is uh, premature. Extinguished. Yeah, extinguished. Yeah. From, from, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Right in the middle of podcasts, I should be like, oh, great. <laughs> 
Now I got to change the lightning <laughs> round. Great Ben, thanks. <laughs> thanks for ruining it. God, would you rather so fight, hard on those fight old questions. Cranston or drink with old Cranston? We'll we'll find that out. Yes, so, yeah. yeah. We'll have you back. Would you like? Can we? I think we. This obviously begs a second visit from Ben at some point. I think right? so. I'm I mean, down. I know you're going to be busy. Down. And yeah, let's like get to September and see what I've scanned. And I'm this, you know, finding Captain Nick stuff, that's just yes. two days worth of looking, really. So who knows what I'm going to find by Labor Day. So. Oh, it's amazing. I'll be down with that. Definitely. And a oh. quick question. Uh, or, uh, sorry, the book you mentioned earlier. Is this your first book? Second book. Your second. But it's called Valor and Courage. You can buy it at um, Islandbound Bookstore, David Chitowski's Gallery, uh, the Block Island Historical Society, um, and then Marie Kelly's going to sell it this, this summer, too. So probably about 25 to $30. It would pay for cool. Cool. And when did when did you release this book? When was this? That came out last uh, spring. University of Alabama Press. Okay. So being at Alabama, being an academic press, it's a little expensive. The hard copy is and yeah. it's like 40, 50 bucks. So you can't um, put a price on knowledge, though. That's what I'm yeah. learning. Now that it's paperback, I think we can definitely. And it's important to note that half of the proceeds from the book are all going to be donated to hiking. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Ice cream. <laughs> Ice cream and hot tubs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, well, listen, Ben, thank you so much, man. I mean, obviously a great chat today i see a whole yeah. nother chat i mean i definitely had a great time multiple many yeah, in fact yeah. could we possibly put you on retainer as our i mean you're obviously the resident historian mm-hmm. can we just put yeah. you on as a yeah i'll resident be open to coming in maybe just doing some block island trivia okay yeah. Yeah. Stop, we can see if we can stump some people all right we're gonna keep yeah. you on speed dial because you could probably answer I, you, you listen to the cast so obviously you know rich and i make a lot of shit up <laughs> we do. yeah um but uh if you know you, you say it, it with enough you know, yeah, conviction. integrity yeah. and conviction. Yeah. 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 It sounds good. You can make it people believe good. a lot of stupid stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. if you try hard enough. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Speaking of stupid stuff, Rich, tell people how they can get in touch well, with us. Well, you can reach on out, give us suggestions, whatever you want to hear from us. Just uh, send us an email at twoguysonbi at gmail.com. You can also follow us on all of the, uh, you know, usual social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, yada, yada. And uh, don't forget, wherever you listen to our podcast, please click the subscribe button. Most importantly, Tell your friends. Yeah, tell them about it. If you enjoy it, maybe they will yeah. too, and that's how it spreads. Because don't forget, back in the day, in, in his, history, they didn't have Twitter and uh, Facebook and all that, and you would just tell your friends about things, and that's how it went down. That's right. All right. Ben, thanks so much one more time. Thank you, Ben, and, very uh, much. Thanks, guys. I'm appreciate looking, it. Already looking forward to the next visit. Yeah. I really am. All I right. love this stuff. Talk to you soon. Hey, uh, Rich, see you next uh, week, right? See you next week. Okay, see ya. Hey, Rich. What's up? Um... Do you want to go drinking with Hemingway? I, well, yeah, but well, I think we we could just call Champ Star. He kind of looks like Hemingway. Yeah, we could do it. Well, that's, we could let's do call it. Champ. What shall we do with the sailor? What shall we do with the sailor? What shall we do with the sailor?